In high school, I spent many weekends with friends hanging out in bar parking lots. Now, I was a brand new believer, and this was a time in my life. Being brand new, in my faith, really excited. We're just hanging out in bar parking lots to have fun, and maybe the kind of fun you're thinking about. We had a different kind of fun. We hung out with people going in and out of these bars, and we talked to them about our love for Jesus. And we talked about our faith. We talked about why it meant so much to us. And over the many times that we did this, we had all these incredible conversations with people. And a lot of those conversations were with the owners, with bouncers, with different people that wondered why a bunch of guys were want to do this that were in high school on the weekends. Now, we didn't tell them we didn't have girlfriends, but I think that may have been part of the equation. But on the other side of it, We had such a passion to share what we were so excited about. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Do we see a passion in students to share their faith? Today we are talking about students sharing their faith. We are going to explore where we've been and hear from students on where it's going. I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same. Cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. So our last episode, we talked about habits and students and their families and had a great episode. If you haven't listened to that, we encourage you to go back and check that out. And in the next episode, we take a look at a new method that we've discovered about evangelism called The Four. So we interview the founder, Andreas Bopart, who we call Boppy. Bobby, and he is from Europe. Yes. So he's got Switzerland. That, he's got that cool accent going. He has a very cool accent. Now, if you haven't been to our YouTube page, we encourage you to check that out as well. If you maybe listen to your podcast in that format, you can do that as well. You may be listening right now as we speak in YouTube. That uh, that brings me to our Facebook page. Sometimes we mention it, sometimes we don't. If you go to Never the Same, if you look that up on Facebook, you'll find we continually upload pictures, extras, so that's available. So if you haven't been to that, go to Never the Same on Facebook page and like that and connect with us there as well. I have to admit, I haven't been to the Facebook page in a long time, so should I do that right now? You should. Shame on you, should Jason. It's awful. Stop paying attention to what's going on in this podcast and actually just start perusing Facebook. Or you could go to neverthesame.org slash blog. And read the blog, the companion blog to this episode. That, that's right. That will go with this. So there's a lot of different things out there, but we want to stay connected with you. We want to hear what you're doing, and we're excited about what we're going to be talking about today, and that is students sharing their faith. There's a word we use in the church, kind of one of those fancy church words, evangelism. So that word may pop up from time to time in this episode and in the next one, because we're in a day and age today where it seems like the questions coming up a lot is, are people still sharing their faith? In particular, we're talking about students, and the title of this episode and the next one is, Is Jesus Too PC for This Generation, for Gen Z? Are they, are they afraid to share their faith? Do they want to share their faith? Do they not even know what that means? Those are some of the questions we're going to talk about. And in this episode, as you shared earlier, Jason, we're going to talk about not only uh, where we've been and where we're going, but to do that, to see where we're going, it's always good to know where we've been. And there's a phrase, I don't know if you've heard it, past is prologue. We need to know where we've been to better understand where we're going. So 
let's take a few minutes here at the beginning and look at some of the backstory of evangelism, of students sharing their faith when it comes to student culture and youth ministry. And as with a lot of things in the history, if you look at it, there's there's the, the swing of the pendulum from one extreme to the other. And it seems like we're in the middle of one of those things right now where in the past, maybe on this continuum of what you might what you might say is confrontational versus relational, where are we now? I know for me growing up in the past, it was evangelism was a very confrontational thing. If you were going to share your faith, you needed to have a, a conversation that was very to the point, it was very direct. A lot of times there wasn't a lot of small talk in, involved in those, especially when it, it came to training and learning different methods to share your faith. And so... Essentially, what you're saying is it didn't matter where they were coming from. It didn't matter what they believed. It didn't matter how they felt for the day or towards you. You had a point to say. You had to basically go through this confrontation of where are you at in your beliefs with God? Let me tell you about these beliefs that I have. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, almost not not even caring to listen or to hear the other person's side, just sharing your side. Now, Jason and I have worked in youth ministry together for a long time, many years. And one of the things we used to do is we used to take students downtown to where we live, and we would take students uh, in this really interesting environment in order to share their faith. And we were just reminiscing about some of those some of those moments that we had down there with students. Yeah, the city is more smaller metropolitan type of city, so it's it's still a downtown city where there's a lot of activity going on. And one of these evenings was Blues on the Mall, where bands came in and played blues and large crowds gathered. You were wandering in and out of buildings and shopping, and there's just a lot of hangout. There was a lot of eclectic crowd, I guess. There, there would be a number of different type of people that would show up. And so we would go down as a youth group and just maybe a group of 30 or so students. We'd split up two, three, four people and just go and have conversations and really get to know people, but then also start to share our faith and practice sharing our faith and allowing evangelism to be a part of our faith journey. I remember when we would do that too, we were very strategic. Remember, it started off with a handful of students that started doing this before we even did it as youth pastors and, and adults. They would go down and just start these conversations, and then they invited us. I remember when we first started doing it, it was like four or five students, and we would go down, and it was you know a really small group. And then it just seemed to catch on. And when you said, yeah, I remember taking 30, sometimes more students, and we would split up before we got to where all the people were right. were assembled so that we— we walked in in twos or threes. We told everyone, "Don't wear any, don't wear any Christian garb. Don't wear a Christian T-shirt." Yeah, because they just would know that in. we are Christians by our T-shirts. That's right. We yeah. didn't want that to happen. <laughs> yeah. So we we had a very uh, undercover method of of going into this environment to be able to share. Remember that, right? And I remember one of the times that I went, and you would also see people that had a different approach, a, an approach that was confrontational. They would have large signs because they thought it was a good opportunity to preach to the masses. And their method was big signs, basically condemning everybody to hell based on the activity that would happen at these uh, gatherings, you know, drug use and just not debauchery, but it just wasn't something that was drawing the clean and holy crowd per se a crowd that for us who were wanting to share the faith was something that drew us because this crowd draws more of a lost crowd. 
and we wanted to get to know these these people. They yeah. have stories. And so Can I just interrupt for a second and tell you a memory that I had just now yeah. is when I remember going down there and seeing having conversation with this young lady, she's probably in her twenties, and attached to her hand inside of her hand was like three or four dog leashes connected to collars. Yes. Which were around the necks of guys, not not dogs, not animals, but guys who followed grown men. Yeah, grown men who followed her around, and when she would stop and talk, they would just like sit or kneel down at her feet and wait for her to be done and to move on. And so I had this conversation with her about faith while these guys were just sitting there with dog collars on. That's just something. So that paints my mind. That paints a picture of the type of crowd that was typically gathered downtown, and. I mentioned that there was this method that this other group would have of of being very confrontational. And I remember getting into a confrontational conversation with this guy holding a sign, and he was just kind of belittling me. He was demanding just uh, straight answers of about faith, but I was I was basically going, dude, you're preaching to the choir because that's why we're here. But you, what stuck out to me was he didn't even care about my responses. He didn't care to even listen to where I was coming from. He didn't even know me, and he was just ready to pounce on me and just demand answers about faith and, and my beliefs When and then really just shove his beliefs down. And the beliefs that he had were pretty similar to my beliefs, just not the same approach. And so when he was confronting me about all this stuff, I was getting very... I was closing up, and I just didn't want to talk to him because... Um, it was approach that just closed me down and I didn't want, I didn't want to talk to him. And I just eventually said, man, you are talking to the choir here because in my back pocket is a Bible and I would love to use it, but you don't even care that I'm here to have conversations with other people, to have conversations about faith, about the beliefs that you have as well, but you are pushing people away because of the confrontation that you are having where I'm the one that is totally on your side if it wasn't for that confrontation. And that seemed to be more the mode in the past. More the mode was the scare tactics, the fear, the guilt, this this approach that came from a perspective that said, you know, you need to make this decision right now because you could die in five seconds. Turn and, or burn. Yeah, where would you spend eternity? And we're not saying those things are wrong, but we're just saying from where we've been in the past, that seems to be more of that approach. And I know so many of my friends have said, I came to Christ not not really out of uh, a love for God, but more of a fear of hell. And right. that seems to characterize the past and this this guilt-driven, this confrontational approach. And it was more of a saved-from perspective than it is a saved-for perspective, meaning, oh, I need to become a Christian and get saved because it'll save me from going to hell, rather than this is what my life is being changed for, and we feel like it's probably been there in the past, but it's going in this other direction now. The relationship aspect of it is still a very key, important part of evangelism. Facing the confrontational approach, I still was going, man, you don't even care who I am. You don't care where I'm coming from. You don't care what I'm feeling today or what is going on in my life. You just simply want to push your beliefs. And yet, our approach was build relationships, get to know somebody else's story before you start interjecting what we believe. But by knowing somebody else and building that relationship, you know where to be prompted and where to be guided in that conversation 
because of the relationship that you're building and caring about what the other person is saying and and feeling and believing at the same time. And so I think with the, the pendulum swinging the other way, I don't think the relationship aspect is being removed. I think the confrontational aspect is being removed. As a staff, we've been studying a book on prayer, which we do continually, and a book that we've been studying written, I believe, in, in the 1960s, is called Destined for the Throne, and it's by Paul Bilheimer. Now, I'm on the board of the National Day of Prayer, and on the board of the National Day of Prayer, there are some giants of the faith in that room, and a few of the board members mentioned this book as very formative for them and their faith and their understanding of prayer, and so we have been studying it for the last few months on our staff, and one of the questions that we wrestled with in this book, because this book has really stretched us a lot, and it's been an amazing book, and I would highly recommend it. It's called Destined for the Throne. But the author talks about the link between salvation and intercession. Intercession meaning prayer. Yes. For those who are not key on that lingo. Yes. Yeah, and in the book it says, if Wesley is correct, meaning John Wesley, in saying God does nothing but in answer to prayer, then this must include the salvation of souls. And it continues saying, this then means that no soul is saved apart from intercession, and that every soul who is saved is saved because someone who would not give him up to Satan prayed. And so the idea is for our prayers and to see people come to know God and know Jesus and be saved, it all starts from somebody praying for the lost. And the key thing in that quote that you read from Bilheimer, the author, is that every soul. So what he's saying there is that every single person that comes to Christ in faith does so because someone was praying for them. Someone was interceding. In other words, praying on their behalf. And we wrestled with that question. Does it really ring true that every single person that comes to Christ a part of that equation has been someone praying. And I think it's something for us to think about because in looking at the past, as the pendulum has swung more from this confrontational to what we would call a more relational approach, it seems like with that, we've been taken off the hook as Christians. Like, well, it doesn't really matter if you share your faith because someone will, or God just has ordained it from the beginning and it doesn't matter. And I know that's a whole other theological conversation, but the idea here is how responsible are we as believers when it comes to our role that we play when it comes to other people coming to faith in Christ? We had a champion of prayer in the studio in a former podcast. We interviewed Chuck Klein, and Chuck Klein mentioned the danger of losing evangelism. And he said this. I want to quote him word for word. So he said, I think for some time communicating the gospel one-on-one -on -one and inviting people to trust in Christ has been devalued in the body of Christ. It seems in America in particular. What is alarming is that we now have a generation in large part that has not had evangelism modeled by its leaders. And so we are in danger of losing it altogether unless there is a reformation of some type. Certainly the Holy Spirit can bring about this type of reformation, and I pray that it will happen while we are still on watch. As leaders, I think we have the opportunity to champion evangelism as a core value of youth ministry and discipleship. We can argue that discipleship is not true discipleship unless it includes the balance of equipping young disciples to invite others to put their faith in Christ. And ultimately, I think what you're saying is we have swung so far 
in removing the words from our sharing our faith, the evangelistic approach that we kind of take ourselves off the hook and say, deeds matter more than what I say. And so I don't really need to say anything about my faith. I just have to live out my faith. Is that where we're going next? Wow, what a powerful quote from Chuck. And this idea that we have a generation now that hasn't been modeled evangelism. And as we've looked at the past here, I think the way Jason and I summarized it as we were thinking about this episode is that this pendulum, in going from more of a confrontational to relational, we've gone away from a words-based approach to more of an action-based. In other words, a lot of people today would say, well, I don't need to use words to share my faith. I want them to see it in my actions. And I know many people have said, I strategically don't say anything because I want them to see my life first. And while I really admire that, that definitely has been a move and and has taken us in a different direction when it comes to evangelism. So we've talked about where it's been, but now we're really excited in the next few minutes to talk about where it's going. Indiana Wesleyan University is about the people. And behind the doors, from our president to the faculty to the staff that work on that campus, is a desire for Jesus Christ to be honored and to be glorified. And that's really where it's at. I love all of our majors, and I love what we do. You walk on campus, and it's beautiful. You have great dorms and great facilities, and and people take a look at that, and, and they think that's IWU, but it's not. It's a community of believers who are fighting for truth. So we've talked about where we've been. Now let's talk about where we're going when it comes to students sharing their faith and the state of evangelism in youth ministry. Now, I want to tell you that my perception going into this summer was that I thought that evangelism really was a pretty passe thing, that it was something that students really didn't care about, that they didn't practice or participate in, this idea of of really actively in some way trying to share their faith. And what I perceived was that it was really a problem of old methodology. Everything that I'd learned about sharing my faith was a routine and a rote and a a memorized plan that was very, sometimes very detailed, hard to remember. And I was struggling because going into this summer, the reason I mentioned the summer is because at NTS camp, which is part of our ministry this summer, our theme was witness. And while we talked about the Apostle Paul and how he was a witness of Christ and for Christ, we challenge students, and we wanted to present them with a way of sharing their faith in a way that we felt like spoke to today's student culture. We talked with a lot of students, and and we wrestled with this idea of, of the very title of this episode, Is Jesus Too PC for This Generation, for Gen Z? And we want to take you inside the minds of students, because they're going to tell us now in, in the research that we've done, uh, what they think about evangelism. We took a look at a question, how often have you initiated a conversation about God with a non-Christian in the last year? And the options were once or twice, three to five times, six to ten times, more than ten times. So the students answered it based on these options. And what we have found is that 20% of the students answered six or more times. In the last year. In the last year, they had six or more times that they shared their faith. They initiated a conversation. Yep. 
3% said only once or twice. With adults, when we asked the same question, they answered in a way of saying, how many times do you think students had a conversation, initiated a conversation about God with a non-Christian in the last year? Only 4% said that they believe students did it six or more times. So there was wow. way less. Wow. The top answer was 77% of adults believe that students initiate a conversation only once or twice. So the majority of, of adults said that students only initiated once or twice. Wow. So students shared their faith five times more than what adults thought. They, they're saying 20%, one in five are saying, I'm initiating conversations at least six or more times a year, and only adults are thinking only 4% of students did that. That, that is amazing. That's so much of a difference in the numbers. And the numbers even get even more scattered, in a sense, between adults and students. And we'll take a look at, at those numbers in a second. But I want to ask the question of why don't students share the gospel? We talked about sharing the gospel, sharing your faith this past summer at NTS camp when we trained all the students that attended camp to share their faith using a method called the four. And we, we asked this question, why don't students share the, the gospel? And the answers that we know that we have learned from other conversations with people that have gone before us, what they have found is the reasons people don't share the gospel is, one, there's the fear of rejection or risking the relationship. If you ask somebody what they believe and you start sharing what you believe, there's this tendency that they're going to cut that relationship off and just kind of dismiss you and reject you. Another reason that they don't share the gospel is just don't know what to do or say, just don't know how to navigate that conversation. That is one reason why we shared the four this summer was because it allowed students to have tangible things to talk about and to share and to navigate where to go from the beginning, that God loves you, all the way to asking that question, will you follow Jesus? And so giving them tools to be able to know what to do and what to say. Another reason people don't share the gospel is it's more of a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. We think people aren't interested. So they aren't interested because of the way we approach evangelism. If we think that people aren't interested, then we're going to approach it in a way that is uninteresting. And the last reason that people don't share the gospel is what we've been talking about. They think that deeds are way better of a sign of love than actual words. So they use deeds way more than words. Doing good deeds should be normal, no matter what, for a Christian. A Christian should just show love through their deeds. But words should be present when we're sharing the gospel. I think that is something that we have concluded, is that when we're sharing the gospel, words need to be present. We asked students another question in our research, how they show God's love. Do they do it through words or do they do it through actions? We've been talking about you know, this pendulum of going from more of a, a, a a word, a verbal approach to more of an action-based approach. So we asked students this question to answer, I show God's love most through, now here's how they answered, 21% said they do it most through their words. So verbally, 35% said they share it through their actions, and their life as a whole was another 19%. So in how they live, in their actions and how they live, we're talking about 54%. So a little over half are saying, I do it through my actions or how I live. 
21% are saying, uh, I do it through my words. And then there was another separate 25% that said, they responded, I don't really do a good job of telling others about God's love in my life. We're seeing it really uh, be more of an action and a life-based response when it comes to how they share their faith. So at the beginning of the segment, we mentioned, where is this going? And I believe we can look at some of these numbers now and kind of look at where it's going and be hopeful. Because one of the questions that we ask is, when I hear the phrase, share your faith, I feel the answers that we gave them were interested, instantly guilty, excited to learn more, unsure of what it means, that it could be offensive. So across the board, multiple feelings. And you would think that as an adult, uh, what students were believing based on the numbers, that it was offensive, that students thought it was offensive to share their faith because 38% of adults think that students think it's offensive to share their faith. But in reality, students think it's offensive. That answer was the lowest of the results. It was at 11%. The highest results were they were interested at 41%. The second highest, they were excited to learn more at 23%. So you look at those two numbers combined and there is some hope because these students are interested and excited to learn more. So I I found this answer really to be the most eye-opening in the responses with students and then in comparison and contrast with what the adults were thinking. And I can tell you on this one, man, I am guilty because when I think about students And when I think about how they would respond to that question, when I hear the phrase, share my faith, here's how I feel, I would probably say that their biggest response would be that it would be offensive. And listen, as adults, as we're listening to this, those of us that have an interest in students and are working with students in in some kind of faith-based environment, we have to remember that we shouldn't project our feelings as adults onto students because students are saying, Only 11% are thinking that it's going to be offensive. And I would definitely project that on students. If I didn't know this research, I would approach evangelism thinking that I have to prepare them because they're thinking it's going to be super offensive. And students aren't thinking that at all. They're actually excited. They're interested. They want to know more. And that's what I want to know in approaching students and thinking about sharing their faith. Adults are thinking that only 8% of students are interested and want to know more. And again, this this mistake that we can make in projecting onto students is dangerous because we can be projecting our adult experience and perception and approach when students are coming at it from a completely different perspective. And so this brings us to this powerful passage in Romans 10, because... The Apostle Paul here, speaking to the the church in Rome, is talking about sharing our faith and talking about what that means. And here's where we think it's going. Romans 10, 14 says, Paul writes, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And there it is, that verbal approach. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. And this is where we think it's going. 
So where are we going with this approach? We think it's going back towards a more balanced approach of both actions and words, combining the two, using our deeds to show love, what Jesus has laid out as an example, but also using the words that we have about Jesus and bringing the good news to other people by using our words. And something that has stuck with me in my approach comes from Dare to Share. Admire something about the other person. Acknowledge them. And it's about this relationship that going, I, I acknowledge you. I admire what you, who you are, what you believe maybe. Dare to Share is an incredible ministry, and they have a lot to say about this area when it comes to students and sharing their faith. And I want to encourage you, if you don't know anything about them, check them out on the web, daretoshare.org. It's the number two, daretoshare.org. Greg Steer, the founder, incredible guy, really good friend of mine, and just had a conversation a couple days ago about what they're doing in their ministry. But when it comes to sharing their faith, there's no one that does it better than them. And I want to encourage you again to check out the blog for this particular episode because some of these numbers we're diving into, especially that one we talked about at the end about how students feel about sharing their faith, I think you want to learn more about that and check that out. So that's on neverthesame.org slash blog and check that out. And on our next episode, we're going to be talking about some solutions. We're going to hear some stories. We're going to hear a story of a student that is amazing and how they were able to share their faith and what happened as a result. But also, we're going to be talking about a very specific way that you that work with students will really find handy, and these tools will help them not only share their faith with their actions, but also in their words as well. So we hope you join us for the next episode. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.